think at the end of the day, you really just need to keep your communication up as a couple. Um, if you've got doubts or anything at all, always raise them with each other. If you've got money issues or any sort of, um, just anything at all, if, if it's really eating away at you, you need to be open and honest. Welcome to You and Me podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Gracie Taylor-Hitchcock, who had her wedding day not so long ago um, in New Zealand. So Gracie, welcome to our show. Thank you for joining us. Hi guys, thank you so much. It's really awesome to be here and I'm a big big fan of you girls, so yeah. Ah, we can't wait. So Gracie, let, let us know a little bit about yourself who you are, where you came from. I'm Gracie and I'm mm-hmm. um, I'm actually half American, half Kiwi. I'm from the Waikato, which is a bit south of Auckland City in New Zealand's North Island. Um, I grew up in a, on a kind of rural property, lots of horses, lots of lambs. Um, and, then I, and then I went to school, went to uni, decided to get into media, um, kind of TV, radio background. And then more recently, I'm in advertising. Oh, wow. And you said you're New Zealand American. Were you, is that your parents, both your parents' nationalities? Yeah, yeah. Mum, my mum is American. She's mom, mum. And my dad is a Kiwi, but they met on their OE in Kentucky in like the 80s. So that's quite random. What's an OE? An overseas experience is what they call them. (laughs) I love that. Um, so, so dad went traveling, obviously, and then came back with an American wife, which is oh cool. Oh my God, that's what a story. What That's the, that's the best. <laughs> I bet when everybody wants to get out of lockdown, that's probably what half the population is going to want to do though. <laughs> totally. Like, yeah, go overseas, you'll find your husband and your wife and come back and start another life. Dream, dream stories. Okay. So you're based in, now you're based in Auckland. Yeah. Um, working in advertising. And so how did you meet your partner? So Ali, um, Alistair is his actual name, but yeah, his name was kind of Ali from when he was a little boy. So I call him Al or Ali. And um, he's actually a mutual friend of one of my best, best friends from high school. And uh, we met randomly. I met, I'd actually met him a couple of times at different parties that went, we've been in in Auckland, but I didn't really remember him <laughs> which sounds really bad <laughs> but you know you're just like when you're and I was kind of not recently single but you know when you're out you're not really looking for anybody and um he was just always really nice to me and then he actually do you remember that function on Facebook where you could poke each other like that <laughs> poking oh, yes thing? yes 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 so he literally just started poking me out of the blue which sounds so bad <laughs> I don't do know if we can what? say that on this podcast <laughs> You so can. I do wonder though with all like, you know, we look back at like MySpace and our top 10 friends. It's like, oh my God, how lame. I wonder what people are going to look back and say about functions like that on Facebook. Like how many people did you poke? It's like, oh, I don't know if we can really talk about it like that. (laughs) No, it was weird. Um, But from there, he just sent me a DM, slid into the DMs and then um, we went on a few like secret dates because we didn't really want our friends knowing about it at first because we're just, you know, testing the waters. And, yeah, it was real cute. So we kind of kept it a secret for a couple of months and then it was all on. It was fun. 
Oh, that's awesome. And so he was obviously meeting through mutual friends. He was local to where you guys both lived. You were both pretty close to, you know, where each other lived. How um, how long was your – how long did you guys – were you guys together before Ali and I'm going to assume that he proposed, proposed? Oh, okay. So, yeah, I didn't really see it coming at all. We, <sighs> we kind of were meant to be moving to London last year. And um, we, I, I don't know, a lot of things happened last year. Let's just write off 2020. Yeah, and then um, we'd had like quite a big day out at the races, um, a Derby Day in Auckland, which is quite a fun day. And it actually happened to be on Leap Year Day, which is I think is the last day of February. And um, on that day, traditionally, women can propose to men. I don't know. There's some sort of uh, role around that. Oh and it was quite God. cute. There was a... Yes, it was I quite cool. Yeah, yeah, there was. Um, so there was like on the big screen, there was this um, awesome woman proposing to her now husband or whatever. Um, and my sister was just egging me on to do it, and I was like, oh, no, like we're just chilling, like we're moving to London, not gonna, you know, get get proposed to." Her. Was not expecting it at all. Had quite a big night. End of the day, got home, and Ellie um, just proposed to me in our living room at home with no ring or anything. It was just, it was so cute. Did not see it coming at all. Oh, that's cool. It was cool. We were a little bit tipsy, but um, the next day he, <laughs> I was like, are you? we woke up in the morning. I was like, are you serious? And he's like, like, yeah, of course. Um, and he went out and went to like cash converters and like all these other places to just to find like a placeholder ring and came back with this really gorgeous, um, yeah, white gold ring with a, just a really beautiful little um, diamond in it, which I love. Oh as as like as our engagement rang and then we rang everybody and it was all full on it was so spontaneous and very him so it was it was great yeah see it's that's such an epic story and I think because it was you just said it was so him you kind of can't really imagine people proposing other ways after they've proposed to you if that kind of makes sense so it's like it may the story is one for the ages it's something that's you know is never gonna tire never gonna get old but the way he proposed and the backstory like yeah if that is so him what a cool way to kind of surprise you and you know what it would have been really disappointing having to change your plans about going to London and everything like that so Something to keep your spirits up to, which is cool. Oh, totally. It definitely gave us a bit more of a purpose. I mean, not that we needed it, but it was kind of like we were going to have an engagement party slash going away party, but we just ended up yeah. putting everything on hold. And then we're like, well, we can't move. Let's just plan a wedding instead. I love it. And so, okay, so tell us how did you plan a wedding? Because like you said before, 2020 was basically a write-off but he did propose then I'm assuming at the beginning of 2020 Feb yeah yeah okay, so we so um tell us tell us through what you where did you go from there because we were just getting into the swing of what we now know as normal yeah we well, were we kind of thinking we would do it after we'd been away for a couple of years but then we're like okay well let's just pull it together in we kind of had started thinking like, okay, we'll want a venue, um, which is quite tricky to kind of lock in. So we thought that would be the first thing. And then got a place in March this year and it was Takapoto, which is a really special um, kind of venue close by where I grew up in Waikato in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. And it kind of went from there. So we kind of based the whole wedding around where where we wanted to get married. 
Um, and and it took not too long. I don't know. I, I feel like it all happened in a, in a good amount of time. Like I wasn't too anxious about things. And okay. I, yeah, it was great. <laughs> That's good. So did you, picking the venue, did you lean on the venue to be able to help you or guide you in your supplier choice? Or because of the industry that you're in, you'd obviously digitally have your hand on the polls being in a you know PR and advertising did you know who you wanted to work with or did you base your choices for your suppliers for your wedding day based on you know venue recommendations I pretty much because of COVID I really wanted to go super local with um with my vendors around the the actual um place or like the the location where the, the wedding was so yeah. I didn't use if, if Auckland is two hours um north of where the actual wedding was so I wanted to use um a local caterer local florist um and kind of like a, a few more things around where it was and also recommendations from uh Takapoto Estate which is where it was and it, yeah ended up being awesome okay and did you did you enlist the help of a planner or did you do all this yourself so um, Takapoto came with an amazing woman called Kate Morrison and her hus- love, lovely husband. Um, they pretty much were able to set up most of the things, like everything at the actual location. But apart from that, my mum, my stepmom and my mother-in-law, I've got three mums. How lucky am I? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, were just amazing. My mum and stepmom both live in Cambridge and my um mother-in-law D lives in Auckland so it was we, between the four of us we were really whipped a lot of stuff into shape but to be honest like Ellie did most of the planning like <laughs> I I was um I was fortunate enough to get a full-time job out of COVID whereas Al has been studying again and so he's actually he took on a lot of the wedding planning like from me but I, I just knew he'd know what I'd want so I was like okay you just do it babe <laughs> what a legend I love that so what what's he gone back to study just let's digress for five minutes is it foods no I mean <laughs> he is a huge foodie so that was quite random um we we're just talking before like Hitch Cooks is his uh new sort of food baby thing he um just started cooking during lockdown last year obviously it, you can't you know, get takeaways or anything. And we, he is a, just a huge foodie guy. So he's quite shy, to be honest, but I would film him. Aww. And then from there, we just started our own Instagram. And then I was like, babe, you're actually quite good. Like maybe you should just keep going. And he's a little shy, but it's actually been quite fun, the journey there. What but um, no, what, he, what he's actually studying is real estate. So he's going to go do commercial property. <laughs> good on him. I expect to see him on the New Zealand version of like million dollar listing then. <laughs> Cross with MasterChef. Cross with MasterChef, yes, because our listeners don't understand what we were talking about offline just before is I was compla- complaining to Gracie and Andy that once I became a mother, I hated dinner. And Ali, El Groom, in our conversation right now, has got an Instagram, startup Instagram page called Hitch Cooks, and it's got the most delicious looking recipes that is totally not above a home cook person and yeah we were just talking about how good that is so he might never make it to real estate if he doesn't make it to real estate I can tell you this looks like it's taking off a little bit (laughs) what's it got seven over seven thousand followers already hitch cooks good on him and with your um brains behind advertising 
You know, look, you at, know. look at you guys go. I think you so. You get there. I love that. Okay, so Ali took on, we could digress into food for a very long time, especially because like COVID, it's like, what else are you going to do but like eat? Um, Ali planned a lot of it. He had a little bit more time on his hands than you did. So he got to get his fingers stuck into the whole planning process. What were your non-negotiables then coming into the wedding planning Non-negotiables, I'd say you've got to have really good music. I, I was just like, we have to have a good band. We knew all our friends just love a boogie and a party and our family. So we had to have a really good band. Um, other non-negotiables would be, and yeah, and good food, I'd say, like, because he is such a foodie. Um, he was very hands-on with uh, Kerr and Ladbrook, who are our caterers, and they were yeah, so open to us kind of tailoring exactly what we wanted and kind of designing and, and sh showing them photos of food that he'd obviously made before and kind of wanted to replicate it on a mass scale. <clears throat> so that was really, that was really special. Other than that, just a lot of fun. That's non-negotiable. You, you turn up with a good attitude and <laughs> get stuck in. Well, that's it. And do you know what? I think what a lot of couples forget too is that your guests vibe off your mood so if you're stressed if you're anxious if you are constantly looking around your wedding day looking for things that might have been going wrong or might not have been as you had envisioned them they're going to feel awkward they're not going to want to suddenly have a massive party when the couple are feeling a bit blah so it is a huge thing that you just said is that you know going in with an attitude of just having fun that's you know it's it's not called a wedding celebration for nothing. That's what, you know, you set out to marry your best friend and you want to celebrate. That's that's the whole that's the whole point of this. It really is. And I, I just felt as soon as it was like it was kind of like a whole weekend to be honest. So because my parents are split up, my mum did an amazing Friday night before the wedding, um, which kind of set the scene. It was a bit more casual. We did like lawn games and had a really cool kind of potluck vibes. Um dinner before and then the main event was the wedding and then on the Sunday my dad had a really cool afternoon sort of um lots of rosé and uh, more lawn games and stuff so it was a it was like a three-day festival it felt like oh but it was God. it was kind of more of an experience it kind of you know a lot of our friends from Auckland traveled down or from all over the country if they could so if yeah. they'd made the effort to get there it was kind of like you're locked in for a Taylor Hitchcock weekend <laughs> absolutely that's what you want. You don't, and you don't want it to be over in six hours. You know, just a standard reception time. You go there, and it's just this huge build up and this massive. That's oh, funny. It's like it sounds really. We we're talking about poking before us, so I suppose this is in keeping. But a huge climax, right? A massive climax, and then nothing, and then nothing, and then cuddling before and after. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That is so true. But it is. It's just like you want to, if you can, have it go for a few days because then you could probably get into being able to talk with your guests and having proper conversations, not just saying, hi, thank you for coming next. Hi, thank you for coming next. Which leads me into my next question. How many, you pulled this together through COVID. So our listeners are going to be flabbergasted anyway because I think everybody right now is just like, what is going on? But let's just go back because you guys got engaged in Feb of 2020 and you married how, how far after? Um, in March 2021, so this year. Okay, <clears throat> Sorry. so no, um, that's fine. Um, so March 2021, 13th of March, 
And so, yeah, just over a year later, to be honest, and it, it, it kind of was like we were in a, a headspace where we were, you know, we're going to be together forever. What's what's the hurry? But also, why are we waiting? Let's just do it now. And um, we were so lucky with the, the COVID alert levels in New Zealand. It did go into level three two weeks before um, oh, in wow. Auckland, which was quite scary. Um and my skin all broke out. Like I was freaking out. I was just like, ah. Um, but no, it ended up being it ended up being okay. That that week before, it went back to normal levels. But we had a few backup plans. As but I so feel for so all the brides out there that have had to cancel or postpone weddings numerous amounts of time. I was just lucky enough not to have to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, it's definitely it's been challenging out there. But how many people did you have attend your wedding? I think we had about 138. I think it was that was okay. the number, which is which is a decent amount. Um, we yeah. also had a two band guest, and we uh, two band two. Uh, what do you say two, two men band yep. two p a two piece. <laughs> they played lots of instruments band. though. Two band man. <laughs> you know what two. I mean. <laughs> um, and we had um, some cocktail staff and some waiters as well Beautiful. helping out so yeah because because it all ends up um when you do have to do restrictions with numbers it does get quite tricky with your guest lists yeah I could imagine so you just mentioned before that you had um multiple plans in place is that just you and the venue getting together and saying okay here's our priority at one let's just say 140 late 30s here's who we can get at 100 and then what's your density limits here's who we can take at 50 is that kind of how you approached it absolutely yeah and the, the venue was quite um capable of doing that before they they're actually an equestrian venue so they hold big events quite often not necessarily weddings but they do know how to handle a lot of people and kind of change situations quite quickly so I was very grateful to have such a um, skilled venue that just were all over it yeah. <laughs> a weight off your shoulders I'd say the number one thing is like try and make sure you're just as as calm as possible heading into this like you know having a planner is a very good idea <laughs> I think so too. I think like particularly Laura and I have spoken about this before on the podcast numerous times and during like a global pandemic, there's no other time than having a planner for this because countless times um, before we've recorded the podcast, Laura's had to say, I've had to postpone this wedding or I spent all day yesterday doing this, this and this. Like it is a lot to postpone and plan again and some suppliers aren't free on that date, your new date and it it is a lot and trying to navigate, you know, contracts and um, particularly like when Melbourne had a uh, so many restrictions, you weren't allowed to go, you know, you couldn't have a sax player because spit might go onto the dance floor, like random stuff like that, that I feel like who the hell would know if you weren't a planner. So it's, it's extremely, I think, important during this time, particularly to have a planner just for the sake of going through contracts if you need a rebook and um, and it's no no extra cost cost it's included in the price so um, something that's super handy now did you stick to your budget that's my next question <laughs> no I don't <laughs> think so <laughs> did you have a budget <clears throat> yeah we definitely did have a budget but it definitely I think I got blown over a little bit um, but I think everybody was just in the mood 
to have a party, to be honest. Yeah, totally. and we threw one. <laughs> we, we threw a massive one, a three-dayer. <laughs> so it, we were grateful and we were, um, we were, we definitely took budget options around things and we um, made sure that we weren't going beyond our means and we're still obviously paying for it now, but gosh, it was a good party. I, mean, it's a I, I don't regret anything. <laughs> Not, no. not at all. Yeah. What um what did you find were the surprise costs? If you, you know, if you just said, oh no, we didn't stick to it in every area, what kind of blew you away? Because I think a lot of a lot of clients come to me and say, you know, oh my God, I can't believe like stationary or invitations cost how much money. And we sit there and we go through why and what goes into it and what the investment is. But from a bride's perspective, what what blew you away? Oh, that's a good question. I know um, that wasn't on our hit list, so so sorry for putting no, you on our spot. No, right. <laughs> I don't know. I th- I think th- it's always a bit tricky because um, we we did go with quite high end bridesmaids outfits and also really nice suits for the guys. And there's always a bit of controversy around like, do you make them buy it themselves or do you pitch in and stuff? So I think um, uh, we were quite lucky with with um, our friends helping out with that as well but it's just like it is it is a tricky thing because they are expensive but then you've got a look that you want to go for but you can do it on a budget it's I I think just figuring out how much money is is worth it (laughs) but um I don't know if that's the right answer but I think there's so so many other little hidden costs as well there is there is what about I think most people are kind of shocked by flowers flowers did flowers oh I know I mean, but you were in this beautiful venue. Did you ha- have the need? Like, I'm looking at your photos now, and it was like so much lush greenery, and it was such a beautiful backdrop. Like, there's a photo of you and all the guests in front of this amazing, like, forest background. It almost looks fake. Did you have to bring in many flower, like, florals? Was that a big cost for you? Um, florals weren't too big a cost, and we did pick the venue for that reason because it is set in beautiful native New Zealand bush. Um, and it was under some beautiful trees. So we knew we had a bit of shade because it was quite hot in March. Um, and we just went super simple because we knew the venue was just just stunning as it was. Um, and we went for Gypsophila, which is quite quite pricey in March in New Zealand. Um, which, but we did little sprigs on the tables and they just looked stunning. Isn't that funny because there are a lot of costs that people think within the flower realm that are quite cheap. And for those who don't know what gypsolia is, it's baby's breath. And yes, team, it is expensive. And why you is it would so not- expensive? Because there's so there's numerous factors, but you know that it's it is it's so not- beautiful. But I thought it wasn't. Like I didn't think it would be as expensive yeah, as some other it's options. It's not like, you know, it's not super easy to grow. You need a lot of it to be able to make a maximum impact. And I think people forget that you buy a bunch and it might be $4. But to be able to make an arrangement, you need 40 bunches. Because I feel like it's kind of like an it flower at the moment. It's like huge. I'm seeing a, a lot of like weddings. like campus grass. Oh, wow. Mm, used to be. Because I just, anyway. I don't know, to me, because I, I, I have no idea. I literally do not know anything mm. about flowers. But I see these bouquets or floral things mm. and I thought oh maybe that's a cheaper because I don't know the flowers are small so to me yeah. I'm like in my brain I'm like <laughs> yep, yep. not many flowers small <laughs> cheap cheap incorrect bum, bum, oh, bum, bum. that's a good tip then for people yeah it is it's really interesting and and that's the thing like you were just saying just then Gracie it's like you know little things like that adding a sprig to 140 places is not 
as cheap as you initially may expect it to be or maybe you don't even know what to expect but suddenly you do all these beautiful little intricate details it's like wow which one am I going to keep because that adds up really quickly Oh, totally. And we did, we're like, do we do seating for the ceremony? Did a bit of seating. And then I wanted to do gypsophilus sprigs like down every aisle, like end of the chairs. And and then I was like, no, no, just every second chair is fine. (laughs) (laughs) Not every chair. um, (laughs) Every second. They're looking at me. They're not looking at the flowers. (laughs) This is true, Bryce. This is true. Obviously, any wedding in New Zealand, you have to work with the beautiful landscape. Like everything's just so stunning anyway. So it doesn't really matter, does it? But Tell me about your dress because I haven't really seen, I mean, not your dress personally, but you had, you accessorized it with. Oh my um, God, your gloves. Like something that I kind of, maybe I've seen like one or two brides, but it's not kind of a thing that you're seeing everywhere. It's not saturated, but you had like these sheer gloves or were they sleeves? I don't know if they had a full glove on, I'm not sure. And you had like this crown. Oh yeah, it was a full glove. Sorry, we're just looking at your Instagram. And then you had like this crown, white crown thing with a veil. So tell me about that whole process. Was that a look that you always had in mind or did you get inspiration from anywhere? Inspiration was definitely uh, Carolyn Bessett Kennedy, mm. um, who was JFK Jr.'s wife. They, um, I'd, I'd seen it on kind of Pinterest or I'd, see, I'd gone through some history books and stuff and seen her style was amazing. Um, she worked for Calvin Klein, I think, in the 80s. But she had a, a very similar dress um, to the one I designed. It's very simple, kind of silky, uh, quite slim fitting, very simple dress, backless. Um, but she wore these cool gloves um, on her wedding day and I thought they looked amazing. And I've just thought that they looked really classy and almost quite princessy. But I like the sheerness of it because I knew it was going to be summer. I might have worn like a full glove if it was a bit chillier. Um, and I like the opera length, which is kind of uh, mid upper arm. I don't know kind of what you call that, but yeah, makes it look quite elegant and quite dressed up. So I love that. Um, and I'd also just finished watching Bridgerton, which I quite liked. Very <laughs> <laughs> Bridgerton. Um, Where did you get your dress from? Sorry. Uh, Trish Peng. She is a Kiwi designer. And did she design the gloves as well to go with the dress or? The gloves are actually from Etsy. Um, I, I found them online secondhand from a, a lady in South Dakota in America. <laughs> oh, wow. So I, I just bought them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of a cool nod to your heritage a little bit as well. Nice to have a little bit of the USA in your day. That's um really cool because I think a lot of people, like it looks so amazing. That's why I'm like, oh, surely they're, um, I don't know how much obviously they cost from Etsy, but you know, you think like your designer, your dress designer also made them as well. And it's a really kind of creative thing that you've made a dress. I mean, like, I guess the gloves are part of the dress, aren't they? And yeah, it's an outfit. You've made it's it not to your just own. a dress. It's you've an made it to your outfit. own. It's so original. And I think that's why, um, you know, the pictures of you in that dress and the crown, that crown type headband thing, it just, it's so original that you don't see it that like, I haven't seen anything like that. Have you, Laura? No, no, it's beautiful. Yeah. The gloves just, yeah, I die. They're amazing. Thank you. Um, and the and the headpiece, I was um, inspired by. There's a girl on Instagram. I think you guys have already interviewed her as well. Is it Carmen Sita? Oh, oh yes. yeah, Alex. Alex. Yeah, yeah, I love her. She was so lovely. Um, and her headpiece 
I was, I was very inspired by her headpiece. And then I was also mm. inspired by brides in the early 20s. And um, I have a really good friend who's a milliner here in Auckland. And I showed her a few kind of photos of what I wanted. And she made it for me. So I was just so stoked. Yeah. And it was so exciting to do that process with her because I took the same fabric from my dress and went out west and showed and she matched those little silk flowers that she hand cut and oh, then wow. placed all on the headband and um had these little baby pearls it's like kind of dotted tiny tiny pearls as well oh, so cool. I was it was so fun it was also really hard to keep it as a secret from Ellie because he thought I was sneaking off to get a veil made or something but little did he know that I was actually getting like a headpiece done he was actually yeah. quite wowed he had no idea that what I was going to do that yeah I kind of wanted yeah. to keep the whole thing a secret I love um how much kind of creative you really took like this creative design towards your dress and you look for the day and you know looking to you know the history of what brides perhaps wear wore and fashion and stuff it's quite an original take on you know a bit of it's quite cool actually I don't think like many people you know go down that route so you can tell why it's been such an successful you know your images of your your wedding and things like that it's just so original and beautiful I love it now I'm like reconsidering all my choices for my wedding I'm like oh damn it why can't I be creative and original um so tell us about your wedding day so we know that you tied the knot The vibe. Okay, so we woke up, didn't sleep very well, um, but I was so excited. Just, you know, I don't know how you, it was about like any other day, but you just know that it's going to be the best day of your life. <laughs> I don't know how you ever try and plan for waking or how to feel on your morning of your wedding day. I just wanted to be excited and try and remember as much as possible, to be honest, because mm. I knew it would just flow out of my brain because I've I've got scatterbrained sometimes so I was just trying to take every every moment and not drink too much coffee because I was like I don't want to be like too anxious or too excited before yeah, totally. I have to be calm I didn't want to be too sweaty um, <laughs> so many I things really go good... into it <laughs> I know um and I, yeah I wanted to have a decent breakfast big breakfast and then um just when you know my makeup artist arrived and my head hairdresser arrived I was just like yes you want to pick people that you know and that are just going to vibe and just, you know, have fun and have a good chat too. Because, you, yeah, I, obviously you're kind of all over the place with emotions. Yeah, um, absolutely. It, mm, so I had um, my, yeah, my little sister and my two best friends there made a really fun playlist. I didn't want it to be too serious because I knew, I knew the wedding would be really, or the ceremony at least, would be quite emotional and quite... Um, I don't know. Very romantic. We wanted it to be really romantic. So I, I didn't want to cry or anything before we got there. Um, but actually I didn't cry all day. Ellie cried. Oh, <laughs> did he? Oh, yeah, it was awesome. Oh, yeah. Did you expect but him yeah, the, to cry? I kind of did expect him to cry, but I didn't yeah. think he'd do it as soon as I got down the end of the aisle it was it was actually so perfect so my um my awesome friend who was our celebrant didn't let Ellie turn around until I'd got like almost to the end and then he turned around and his his eyes were just like flowing and I was like oh, oh my god wow that not many people do that most most grooms are staring down the aisle with this look on their face for 
you know, a good minute, 37 seconds while the bride takes her time with the song to get down the aisle. So that would have been that. Yeah, that's like a raw build up of emotion to then swing around and see his new wife at the altar. That's really beautiful. Oh, my God, I'd cry. Bloody hell. Mm. I think a lot of people did cry. Mm. I felt like it was but it was happy tears. It wasn't yes. Obviously, yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously, he wasn't devastated. <laughs> it was okay, just so- more like, I think it was just a relief to be at a wedding, to be honest. Like, I think everybody was just like, oh my God, we've made it. We can actually celebrate together. This is the best. Oh, and I think, yeah, it was a, a community of happy tears. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because that's the thing, like it's, uh, yeah, other than you guys getting married, which is, you know, a celebration in itself, just being able to be in the same room with so many people you love, it feels like another lifetime ago for so many people at the moment that, you know, we we actually got to do that at one point in our lives. And it's it's bizarre how long ago that feels. It's just crazy. But you... You guys like were lucky enough to get those you know, 130 plus people all together for a beautiful weekend. Was was your venue your venue? It was an equestrian centre. Did they have? Did you have to marquee like a paddock, or did they? Was it outside, or was it all inside, or how? Where was it? So it, it did have a massive kind of event. Space. They call it the okay. boat shed. Yeah. Um, so we had a we had a backup option if it was going to be raining, um, but it wasn't raining. Thank goodness. But we could have moved everything inside if it had been. Um, okay. But we were under some trees um, next to like this little kind of waterfall thing, and it was yeah, and it was the shade. I didn't want people waiting in the sunshine. I just was like, that's not nice if if you're out there in the sunshine, blaring hot day. So we were lucky with shade. And then, yeah, the, the rest of the, the, the um, actual reception was inside. Beautiful. Oh, my gosh. And so the weather, you didn't have to pull anything inside? The weather was beautiful? We were lucky, eh? Like, I just oh. don't know how we would. I know I'm one of those annoying people that we, we had a really beautiful sunny day. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, my God. We're living vicariously through this right now. Give us all your happy thoughts and all the happy stuff. Yeah, it was just, yeah, I can't, I can't actually replicate the moment when I just got down the end of the aisle and we just, I mean, this sounds so cheesy, but you just look into each other's eyes and it was just pure love. I was just, and from everybody around you and everybody was there and my celebrant, Caitlin, she, who who I also do a podcast with, she's hilarious but she was like crying and swearing and it was just exactly, I was like, I don't care if you swear or cry. Like, she's like, I'm going to do it. I'm like, that's why I love you. You're amazing. This is, this is why you're going to marry us. Oh my gosh. So tell me, let's digress for 2.5 seconds off topic. Tell us about your podcast because it's actually super nice talking to somebody who also do you know what being interviewed is cool but being behind a mic is sometimes hard so tell us what's your podcast what do you talk about hit me with all the details it's uh three girls myself uh Brodie Kane and Caitlin Merritt um Brodie is a she's an all-rounder she's absolutely amazing um like media broadcaster journalist uh athlete and then Caitlin um was a producer for ZM which was our big kind of 
show at radio show in New Zealand and now she's gone nursing after 10 years producing which is great so it was wow. three very different girls having three different lives but catching up every week kind of as a therapy session slash talk about girl shit it's it's quite fun it's called okay. the girls uninterrupted the girls uninterrupted I just needed to quickly because as soon as you said it's like a big full therapy session I'm like I know a billion people who would enjoy that right now myself included so the girls uninterrupted that's the one interrupted all right we'll chuck all your handles at the base of our podcast as well but um wow okay all right so and you know what being able to have friends with benefits i.e a public speaker who does a podcast with you that knows you inside out that knows ali inside out to then be your celebrant is a pretty cool thing yeah, it was absolutely amazing. And so um, she, she, we kind of did write our vows, but she sent through a really a, a few, a few re- really good um, ideas and stuff. And one of her ideas was called a hand ceremony, which Ooh. is where you kind of you, you do your vows, and at the end, it's hard to explain. Maybe you can Google it. Maybe you can find it online. But it was such a cool idea where you hold each other's hands, and it was kind of like the blessing of your hands. These hands will you know, care for you, look after your children. I know it was kind of hard to explain, but it was such like a beautiful moment um, at the end. We're not super religious, but I felt like it had a really spiritual meaning behind it. That's, yeah. Oh my gosh. So is it called, see, I've heard of hand fasting, I think. I don't know. Maybe not. We're going to have to Google that too. We've actually got a podcast episode coming about out about whether uh, ditch or keep and it's all about wedding traditions that people think that you should ditch or keep. We get a little bit deep in stripper, strippers but, you know, again, I digress. Maybe we'll go something that's a bit more PG rated and go to hand-holding. <laughs> <laughs> Ali had strippers. I love it. (laughs) So keep going, keep going. Your ceremony. So you did this beautiful hand ceremony with Ali and then, you know, was it, was it party vibes from there or how, how did the rest of the day go? Well, I just, I have had a few questions about how I figured out the ring and the glove situation because, you know, when you put the, so I, so just for anybody listening. Oh my gosh. Yes. I put my engagement ring on my right hand underneath the glove on my yes. right hand. And then obviously he wasn't expecting me to wear gloves. So correct. I, he, he was like, he was like, whoa, okay, what am I going to do with the ring? And I was like, I'll just pop it on top. So he popped my wedding band on top of my left finger. And then we went and signed the papers. And then when we, when we went to sign the papers, I whipped both gloves off. And then I put both of the rings back on my left hand and then put gloves back over top. And then you've got your wedding ring and your engagement ring or your wedding band and your engagement ring then under the gloves. And they were sparkle, sparkle. So they were nice and easy to see through those gloves. Yes. <laughs> it worked out well. It worked out beautifully. Um, yeah. Well, to take a bit of thinking because I wasn't sure how that was all going to work in front of all the people and stuff but it did work out okay <laughs> tried yeah. to make it smooth and not too clumsy <laughs> make it till you make it baby. <laughs> totally and then yeah so the rest of the day um party back down the aisle we kind of did yeah I wanted to make sure that was kind of a fun party song it was um the heat by jungle which I quite like oh, fresh. Um, I'm not sure yep. if you put it jungle yeah it's yeah. fun and then um champagne started flowing and we went off for a few photos but just at the same venue so we didn't we didn't leave the guests that long, maybe half an hour, an hour. 
um, had some drinks and nibbles and then came back, then kind of all sat down for dinner, couple speeches, was through the food and then the party started dancing until about midnight. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Amazing. And so it's pretty hard. I mean, the ceremony sounds unbelievable. Like just having Ali turn around when you're there, I think it's really, really special. But through the whole day, was there a point where you were like, like, this is it. This is the epitome. Was there a favorite moment for you or was that ceremony it? I think, I think it probably was, Ali did a speech and because he is quite a shy guy, that was really the moment for me actually hearing him articulate how he felt about me in front of everybody. I thought that was, because normally I'm the more outspoken one. Yeah. Just, you, he, he, sh- he shows a lot through his actions mm-hmm. um, in our relationship and I, I talk a lot, <laughs> not <Yeah>. really, <laughs> but it was just, and, I, and I, <laughs> I chose not to do a speech and I'm not sure if I regret that now. Um, but I wrote him a letter and I gave him um, a present the, the night before. Um, so I kind of wanted I kind of wanted it to be private what I was saying to him and then for him to go out and say this amazing, beautiful speech and declare his love in front of everybody. I feel like that was probably one of my favorite, favorite moments from the yeah. whole day. That was his love language right then and there on that day, right? Oh my goodness. Okay, so everything uh, yeah see there and they're the little things I think you know uh, that people sometimes forget at weddings it's really personal and you wanting to keep what you wanted to say to him personal is really important but I also think on the flip side it's like you know having having him do something that might be outside stretching his comfort zone a little bit is all the more rewarding from an emotional perspective because, you know, you know that it might have taken him a little while to get to the point where he thought he could do that, but he did it and that's, yeah, that's that's bigger than anything I think you can be given sometimes. 100%. Yeah. I, I feel like that's, you've just nailed it on the head with that. And I think, um, yeah, he sent me the letter as well now, so I've got it. And I can just replay it in my mind. And, and and that's the thing as well. We were so lucky with our photographer and videographer. We That was also a mandatory. We wanted to be able to record and have it for overseas yeah. family and stuff like that. So just amazing looking back at the video in particular. It is eight minutes long, which I feel is like a feature film. <laughs> but it, <laughs> it was just absolutely, I, I, I watch it every week I watched it so many times and I just absolutely love it so if you do have a budget for that definitely get get your feature film made get it in there guys feature film uh any so Gracie any regrets or disasters because we're kind of coming to the pointy end of our interview and it's always a question that I always I'm an R about asking people because I'm like we don't really want to hear about the bad stuff but also the bad stuff is pretty real because it does tend to happen sometimes so was there anything that you guys had to contend with other than the dreaded c word throughout your process that kind of threw you off your game a little bit or anything that you've learned through the process that you're like you know what we had to do this but here's my advice don't do it Oh, I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't know if anything bad happened. I think I just blocked everything out if, if it wasn't working my way <laughs> or not, not, not my way. Or just like, if it, 
if it was some sort of drama that I just don't need to know about, I just probably just turned my head and was like, no, that's fine. It's yep. it's not your day. It's our day. We're having a bloody good time and nobody's going to rain on our parade no gonna at the moment. It. Don't sweat the small stuff, team. <laughs> no, I do know that there was one instance where I think a husband, like an older, one of our older family friends, accidentally took home the wrong handbag um Ooh. but it, it was returned the next day it was absolutely fine it, it would have just been like come on love go grab the black handbag and the heels from over there and there were so many black handbags and black heels that he accidentally <laughs> grabbed the wrong one. Oh my god the poor man um, but uh, yeah it wasn't actually his fault he just yeah and I think it had might have had keys to like the place they were staying and stuff so there was a bit of drama with that but you know it all worked out and everybody found a bed that's it. It all works out in the end. So what you've suge- you've said throughout today, you've said, look, you know, get a videographer if you can. Don't sweat the small stuff. But now, Gracie, now you're married and you got married in, you know, we were talking offline. New Zealand has fared relatively good in the last little while with this global pandemic not to say nobody is suffering that is absolutely not what I'm saying but from a from a country point they have done an incredible job to continue to live and work really really safely so other than COVID because even saying the word here is giving bloody Melbournians PTSD but what would you, through this whole planning process, because you did contend with that and you did mention earlier that, you know, a few weeks before your wedding day, it did go to a level three, which for people listening in Oz, that's like, uh, that's, what's this like restriction? It's harsh restrictions for us. So it would have been pretty intimidating. While you've been planning your wedding, what is one piece of advice that you can give couples who are currently going through it to potentially make the process a little bit easier? I think at the end of the day, you really just need to keep your communication up as a couple. Um, if you've got doubts or anything at all, always raise them with each other. If you've got money issues or any sort of, um, just anything at all, if, if it's really eating away at you, you need to be open and honest and and they should listen to you. Um, if you're having you know some anxieties about, the, the day coming because it's a massive day for both of you it's not just the bride and it's not just the groom it's it's like and it's your whole family's combining together so if you can just keep reaching out and knowing that at the end of the day it is you two forever um and you can work it out you're, you're a team you love uh, each other and, love and, each and other. just have a giggle <laughs> gracie taylor hitchcock thank you so much for joining us the eater of everything at hitchcock's and the podcast host of The Girls Uninterrupted. Thank you for joining us on the You and Me podcast. You were a breath of fresh air. It was so nice to hear a story that, you know, was just based on positivity and happiness and a celebration. So it's been really beautiful to live vicariously through you and your wedding day. So thank you so much for joining us. All right, beautiful. Thanks, we're done. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the You and Me podcast. If you're after any of the suppliers mentioned in today's episode, you can head on over to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast and jump into our episode release where we've tagged all these incredible suppliers featured in this interview. 
If you're a bride or groom and would like to chat to us about having your wedding featured on the You and Me podcast, you can send us a submission DM to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast titled Real Couple Submission or message us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the You and Me podcast. Leaving reviews, rating the episodes, sharing the love with all your loves and subscribing to our podcast really helps us to continue producing the amazing content designed just for you. So don't be shy. You can also follow our ordinary lives with Andy over at The Bridal Journey and Laura at Wonderlust Creative. Thanks for joining.